Hey, glad you could make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean. Sean, how we doing? Pretty good. Um, had a pretty relaxing weekend. Um, unfortunately, some loser came over today and uh, rode bikes and stuff, but that's, you know, that's here nor here, there. But uh, that was uh, JT came over and our kids road bikes together and everything like that so that was that was fun but uh yeah that was we didn't do we oh we took my son to his first local hockey game he's actually which is i'm pretty jealous of his first ever hockey game was a pro game and then he went to his first minor league local hockey game Dang. over the weekend and he really wanted to go because the wiener dogs are running between the first and second nice. periods so uh he got to see that he liked that and one of the dogs names mater and his favorite movie is cars too so he was like Mater did not do so well. <laughs> yeah, chunky little wiener dog that barely moved much, but he, you know, not that was built for speed. Yeah, not built for speed. Not not super fast, but uh, he had a good time. Lots. It, it almost ate an entire thing of popcorn by himself, which was pretty. Holy impressive. cow! And then cotton candy. So did you get the little hockey helmet style one? No, so we can wear it. Later? Well, I didn't pick it. The wife and son went out to get there while I was getting seats and doing stuff and uh, getting everything loaded, and uh, they came back with just the bucket. And I, I, you know, I'm I don't know. I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't make that call. I would have gotten the helmet. But yeah, I mean, we're down to like the last week or two of the season. Unless they're sold out, gotta get the no. The people in the front kid. had a helmet. Oh, okay. In front, the front row front had a helmet. Yeah, come on, it's for the kiddos. Amateur, amateur. Anyways, <laughs> what about you? What was your weekend like? Um, yeah, yeah. Riding back, riding back today was actually a lot of fun. I even raced my oldest and still got it. Foot race against bicycle. Although I was like short distance only. Oh no. Um, oh no. Update Mexico seven to one against the US right now. Joey Manessa. Second second dinger of the game. Man, oh. ADP skyrocketing for first baseman. Or wait, probably DHing, but first base eligible. Washington when you got a stick like that, JT, you're gonna play wherever. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it was good. I went to my mom's uncle's birthday surprise birthday party for his 80th um, Friday night, so that was fun to see a bunch of fa- family I haven't seen in a while. Um, and then uh, totally had a boys' night in because the wife, uh, her and her mom went to whose line is it anyway out of town so uh they came back same night but so boys night in ate some pizza watched a movie so good stuff good weekend there you go there hey i've been trying to get the wife to have so let me have more boys nights but she's like i'm in this out i'm like dad you're gonna be kicked out of boys time so i feel that i feel that <laughs> yeah and uh you know who else had a boys weekend world baseball but- classic Oh, well, that got kicked I mean, off over the weekend. That got that got spicy quick, and, and you know, um, yeah, that not going so hot right now. It's not going so hot right now, but you know, I haven't found like a complete leaderboard list of World Baseball Classic stuff, but Statcast has like a mini list each day, so that's been kind of fun to like look at. Um, I was going to kind of highlight some dad strength there real quick. So kicking it off, the first official games is, uh, was it March 8th? So that fell on Wednesday. Luis Robert, top exit velo of the day, 110.6. And then Nick Fortes, uh, a Miami, I think, backup catcher, uh, 110 as well. Ronnie Mauricio, 109. Um, not too many long dongs. Four or five top distance. It's pretty sweet. Um, let's see, I was gonna move over. I saw I saw a couple names hitting the top of the. Oh yeah, this guy named Robbie Glendinning out of Australia. On um, what would that be? Thursday had a four hundred ten foot top distance along with a jerkson profar 411s representing uh was it netherlands a free agent there 
Profar, so he's still got him. I want to pick him up. Um, some random guy named Shohei Otani had to 110.2 XV low. Some, some guy, some guy. <laughs> oh, so just some guy. Uh, yeah. Large Lars Newt Bar also had top XV low on Friday. I'm just kind of cruising through. I thought there was another. Oh, obviously, uh, Schwarber hit that hit that 428 foot oh. bomb, but. Wasn't he our reigning dad player of the week last week? I just want to I just like out. to point that out, right? I was, was going to say we saw that coming. He could <laughs> we we he could use some more right now. He needs we need some right now. Yeah, but. Jose Ramos tied him in 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 foot distance, but I'm sorry that day was still topped by our new boy Robbie Glendinning <laughs> out of Australia, 441 foot dinger. So, um, and then on that same day. So March 11th, Shohei Otani shows up and rips 118.7 exit velo on a ball. And some guy comes in second to him on the day at 113.4. Respectable. But some kid named Julio Rodriguez. He's oh. got a Mariner's hat. Are you familiar? I, I've I've heard the name. I've Googled it. I might be keeping him my our league rep. Maybe. Might be a little pumped about that. And then, yeah, so far on the day, Otani with the top exit velo and the top distance. Um, our own Matt Brash with the top pitch velocity uh, a couple times. Oh, there's Joey Meneses. Yeah. Luis Robert with a 112 exit runner up to Shohei. Good stuff. It's kind of cool to see some StatCast stuff out of the World Baseball Classic. So I just yeah. want to highlight a couple big names there. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's been fun. Liking the passion that they're the that's going on. So I, I I'm digging, I'm digging, World Baseball Classic. Uh, let the let the kids play, show more emotion, as they say. So let's do it, let's do it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So I have on our notes here that we're going to talk some overall draft strategy. So what was your overall draft strategy going into World Baseball Classic? How did you attack that for your fantasy um, baseball classic I... league? Drafted um, all USA hitters and Dominican hitters and the entire Japanese pitching staff. <laughs> like, Accurate. <laughs> that seems like a good strategy. Right. Uh, yeah, that seems like a good strategy. Because Japan is just, they're rolling out some monsters. Um, and so, and, and a couple of which the United States is going to find out about here sooner as in the tournament, probably, rather than when they come to America and do really well in MLB. <laughs> like, right. like you'll get a taste, and then you'll get the main course later. Like, it is it is a pitching factory out there. I just don't, I, you know, and they're just going to keep coming. So, and then they're, like, sharing. Like, you see him and you, you Darvish, and Shohei, and uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the other, the other kid's name. Kid, because he's 21. There's 102. Um, but they're sharing, like, pitches. And they're like, oh, we're we're getting better. We're figuring stuff out. I'm like, just stop, just stop. Like, so, it's a uh, it's uh terrifying. It's terrifying. But, That's crazy. Yeah, I um, just they don't need to get better. They they need to because none of them play for the Mariners. So shelf of this big, and they need to stop. They just they need to stop or learn all that stuff and then come to the Mariners. Show it was just right. crazy. You know what I'm saying like. Hey. Learn all the pitches you want to go on Seattle. Yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest the biggest laugh I've had at the World Baseball Classics expense was uh Great Britain jerseys. Like four hours. That was just like the big punchline was the like your text here, Great Britain jerseys, like the complete lack of effort or creativity. It just looked like they slapped some Arial font times new roman on the front it's like death. yeah it just looks like they, they left a lot of meat on the bone as kids say the kids say that some right yeah no they do <laughs> kids don't eat very much depending on the age or they'll yeah. eat the whole plate and say hey how come you didn't give me more and you're like well, and you ate the you ate the bones and everything and all of it <laughs> and all of it <laughs> you just, where's the bones like you're not supposed to eat those <laughs> um I think I saw the best tweet was like 
Great Bridge jerseys looks like those were the backup emergency. Like they ordered some really sweet ones and they didn't arrive on time. And so someone just had like a cricket and, and just like steam pressed them on with like an iron real quick before the game. It just was very lacking. It was unfortunate, but maybe they were just like, I'm trying to think it's not, you know, it's not the name on the back. It's the, wait, it's the name on the front, but you can't even like, it's just not, it's just, we're all, we're here to play baseball, not look good. All right. So overall draft strategy, 2023. Um, My first thought is probably points kind of get that out of the way. It's really going to be dictated upon what weights each category is going to get. And it's really strikeout heavy uh, for hitters. Um, Pitchers, I mean, is, is quality starts included? Is it just wins? Is holds included? All the points values. Um, I'd highly recommend getting onto fan graphs. Um, they've got a pretty customizable calculator or just boot up, you know, the old Google Sheets or or some type of Excel spreadsheet and and um, take some projections and, and put them into your own kind of retrofitted calculator and get a points league vibe for for whatever you're dealing with unfortunately don't have too much advice for that but i would say just definitely plan ahead and prep ahead because you can get some good value yeah it's it, it really just comes down to where the where the points are because points can vary a ton like it, it's so customizable in those points leagues that like you can make quality starts worth like the hundred i mean it just it you really just need to know your categories you just need to really know the amount and what they are like jt said like wins quality starts what is are, is it both is one more valuable like and those can be very different like if wins is the thing then the, those raise guys are really valuable quality starts are not as valuable so it, it's just kind of depending on you need really need to just have the in, ins and outs of what is required in 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 the that specifically and it, it's really hard to give advice on an incredibly specific thing i like points leagues actually really really enjoy them it's just hard to give advice for them in general because there's a standard but i feel like i don't know if you get this jt but i feel like the standard changes so much and it's been changing so much recently like in the last, last couple of years there's like there's a standard but it's like it, what standards are we talking about because you know nfbc these things like this a lot of them have the higher up i don't want to say higher up but like more rider based leagues two catchers that's not the standard in the normal like take-home league so it, it it's hard also what like standard is for which type of league you're kind of in so yeah it's just hard to get a gauge on what specifically is your points league so um don't treat it too much differently than a, i would say a rankings redraft league but uh i mean if it's the standard thing but uh yeah there are little Quirks. I get I get I get the example in the past. We me and JT are in one, and we found a kind of a thing of like it, it's home runs and uh, um, home runs quality starts and saves. That was kind of the three things we targeted because those were, I would say, disproportionately disproportionately massively advantaged. But there was definitely they were weren't portioned hundred percent across the board. So we were like, let's just target those three things, and then that that was it basically. So yeah, just little things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> there's, I don't know if uh, there's another couple leagues. I haven't done one yet this season. Uh, best ball and or uh, draft and hold. Um, fairly similar, just a little bit different. Um, draft and hold, you're going to manually operate your team throughout the year without any free agents. Whereas the best ball kind of just you draft and then it just takes care of itself throughout the year and it'll start whoever had the best week, um, most likely week to week, and it'll add the points to what would most likely be a roto type sense. Um, those ones are really interesting. Those are fun, um, low, low effort on the season long. And I think that's the most tedious thing about fantasy baseball is we're talking about 25 weeks of of stats and games every single day so ultimately uh best ball you draft and you're done or draft and hold you draft and then it's this is the team you got and you just kind of like week to week you're just going to update your lineup 
um, two start pitchers and, you know, who's healthy. It's really going to kind of boil down to that. Um, so it's, it's fun to, to kind of almost shoot for the moon in those leagues and take some, like some, some, uh, guys in the middle to later rounds that are just either going to be all or nothing. Um, I mean, it's easy to say that because I, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're living here in Washington state. We're not able to gamble online. So we're not really playing any money. <laughs> yeah. Or anything. Easier, easier to say it versus so, actually do it. Yeah. So I haven't, I can't literally put my, the money where my mouth is. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, those ones get fun. I mean, it, it's just like, I think that's a really nice entry level one, the draft and hold for sure. If you're trying to, um, either help a friend transition from fantasy football to baseball and they only have to worry about their lineup once a week. That's kind of the equivalency there. Um, but th- those ones are just like um, the intermediary between like the hardcore and the, you know, I think I, I see a ton of best ball drafts early in the fantasy season be pre January um, just kind of get the sense of, of the waters where everyone else is kind of ranking guys going into the next season. And it's that, that I think that's the style that makes the most sense for that early, because again, like injuries matter way less in the best ball, because that's kind of, it protects from that a little bit. So um, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Pre-January. Yeah. That's best ball is pretty fun, but I, I you know, I think we both personally like uh, the, the the struggle the the times you play the right guy is really satisfying versus the it feels like the ninety percent of the time you play the wrong guy, but uh, the times right. you do hit and play the right guy is 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 super nice, is super nice, but uh, yeah, you want to get into to kind of standard redraft whatever it kind of the you know the the good old stuff. Yeah, I think my leadoff question would be: Do you? change your strat draft strategy whether it's head-to-head or roto like season long yes yes i I think um i mean i wouldn't say a ton but yes yeah because you can have more i feel streaky players but if you have more streaky players you definitely need to balance out with the non-sexy players like the jeff mcneils because week to week you need to be you need to have consistency versus the overall season you can deal with those dips and valleys a little bit better but if you had the one that comes to mind always i think about is early season kyle seager you know it's been northwest people like he was always a slow starter so you knew sir great or very good third baseman for a number of years there but you knew it just was not going to be there in the first couple months of the season or month of the season so you're just like i have to weather the storm until he gets hotter you know it's just what it is and so those consistent players are are very very nice in those head to head leagues. So I I value consistency over streakiness, and it's hard to you know understand consistency because everyone's going to have little blips. It's just some players I feel like are better at negating the blips than others. So yeah, yeah, I try to focus on those a little bit. But overall strategy, not a ton, not because at the end of the day the categories are the same. And if you win, and if you win most your roto, the stuff that you can control is what you can control if someone's hot against you that they're just hot against you what are you gonna do about it you know so try to get your numbers either way in either league so yeah i think to answer your question (laughs) in the roundabout no but yes (laughs) yes (laughs) well i I think it's an interesting question and sometimes like if you do enough drafts you kind of just have a sense of where you can get guys at certain values and then ultimately who your players are the ones that you want to draft the ones that you want to shy away from things like that i mean ultimately i i kind of i i know what you're saying because it's like yes i do but no i i don't necessarily go completely out of my way obviously um but i would say with like a roto um i'm willing to more to write out the storm whereas like a head-to-head each week matters and so with a head-to-head I think I'm in, in in the context of this pod um, episode, the draft strategy of it, the pitchers, I'm more willing to 
fluctuate. So depending on how the draft goes, I don't know what I'm going to really truly end up with, but um, head to head, you can exploit the single weak matchup of a pitcher and like streaming comes into play a lot more so than uh, Roto. It, it can be a little bit tougher. And um, I think, I think for both, I think that I don't think I changed my strategy on the hitters really. I think it really comes down to what I have to deal with in terms of the rules of the league for, for pitching purposes. So um, I guess that's something I hadn't thought of either. I guess I do have one thing. Um, I will all say this. If you're drastically changing your strategy, you're probably doing it wrong because if you don't trust a guy to be good over the course of a 24 week span, you probably shouldn't be rostering me or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like good enough to be in your roster for a extended period of time. Why are you rostering him in head to head anyways? But what I will say is jump on the hot streaks quicker in a head to head because it matters a little bit more like Roto. Yes. It's fine to jump on the hot streak, but it, it, in a hot streak where, you know, uh, I don't know, Roto, you're getting 300 home runs over the course of the season or a week where you're hitting 11, the guy gets hot, gets you three home runs. That's a massive boost versus, a guy hits you three when it's 300. So uh, the, I feel like you need to be quicker on the draw in the waiver wires versus a, a season long roto. But that's, that's really it. And that's just churning the bottom of your roster. That's like, we have a 24 draft league draft. If you're, you're churning the bottom six guys, if you're really churning above that, you're again, you're changing your overall strategy. And I just don't think, I think that's a mistake, but if you, you're maybe, I guess I'll say you're churning the bottom six of your roster a little bit quicker in a head to head. But that's that's about it. Overall draft strategy, no, I'm not changing that. Right, right. All right, let's keep diving deeper. So um, I got a question. Yeah. I got a question for you. Uh, I'm going to run into this league where Shohei Otani no, combined player is he the number one overall pick? What league is it? Is it daily moves or is it weekly moves? Daily moves. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I figured that I see him here as like the 10th overall 11th overall player in fantasy pros. And that's what we're talking about. When you come to these websites and you, they see 11th and 10th and you're like, Oh, I'll just go off that. That is knowing your rules. That's knowing your rules daily move league where he's both. He has to be number one. And, and so that's why some people actually know someone on the league with him. Like, well, according to fantasy pros, this was the case. And I'm like, what filters are you using? What is it? What like what? Because like that's just the overall that like JT said that's best ball, that's even the worst ball leagues. You know, bad player. Like you know, I'm like, let's just be real here. Like that's encompassing everything. Shohei Otani and all of Yahoo is not is two players, so he's like it, it's definitely going down a little bit. You know, it's, but so it's just yeah. I I just understanding that's a that's I want to talk about him first because that is understanding rules of your league to a T is Shohei Otani and how your league handles that and how your league rotates weekly. Can he be both? Can you do daily moves? Can you, you know, I don't know if there's leagues that do half of a week or so. I don't know. You change it once a week or something like that, but like understanding what they are. He's like the perfect example. We've never had an example like him before in the past where you could like right. matter so much, but like he's the example of why your rules are so important. So I yeah. still up with them. Oh, definitely. And like, I would say, most home leagues are probably going to be daily unless they're trying to just kind of match the standard, which is a weekly moves. Um, I know NFBC splits the week, um, but only for, I'm trying to find it here, or I'm not going to find it in time, but um, trying to go off memory of last year's NFBC league that I was in. I think you can update the pitching twice a week but i think the hitting locks in it's one or the other i'm sorry i apologize i should i should know this because we're heading into it but <laughs> no. um i i just i can't quite picture it in my brain but um it's it's really like interesting yeah if he if you can change hit where he starts in your roster daily he's literally going to hit six days a week and pitch the seventh day and that's an incredibly valuable. I mean, just as a hitter alone, I think he's going in the second round if you were to just parse it out. But still, as a pitcher, he's, you know, we're talking about at least 20 to maybe 25 starts. 
just depending on how the schedule lays out and and just you know, rest and things like that and so i mean yeah he's a unicorn and yeah uh, he, he could be the only downside to him is he just he only pitches every six days if he was a normal mm-hmm. like five-day pitcher he'd be top 10 in both or top could be top eight in both pretty easily and and so but yeah with combine it's just it's 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 pretty obvious. Let's say minus Shohei Otani. What are you doing, JT? We both are in leagues together where we both have the number one pick. So I don't think there's going to be too much of spoilers for each other. Um, who's your, you know, your guy you got to go with? Um, the, the number one pick I have uh, is a 15-teamer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that really changes much, you know. I'm just I, trying not, to not. I don't think in the first. No. It starts to like you get a little later. Obviously, yeah. Right? I'm just trying to th- kind of like s- explain it uh, out loud, but yeah. Ultimately, I- I'm going to be going with Acuna Junior. Um, there's there's a handful of guys right there at the top that I I'm good with. I just I know me, and I'm trying to think of how I draft and my blind spot is always stolen bases. And so I feel like I wouldn't given the opportunity between, you know, a couple choices, I should lean towards the stolen base when I think it's apples to apples on, on their profile. Um, so I think that's what where I'll be going. Cause that's just like a standard five by five league. How about you? Well, to run the risk of sounding super boring, uh, a guy named Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be, would be my number one. I will say a sneaky one and one that I hadn't didn't know was was climbing as high is Julio Rodriguez. I mean, like coming into his own, he's basically just a couple years behind a Ronald Acuna thing. But I mean, at first pro year at twenty one, going twenty five, twenty five, like. If he just keeps allowing to steal the bases, the sky's really the limit for him. So I, I feel like he's a sneaky – you can make a case. You can make a case for anybody, but like you said, Aaron Judge up there, not going to steal the bases. Uh, Trey Turner steals some bases, but it might be lacking on the home run side a little bit. Um, Jose Ramirez has a case. Uh, I would say like a sneaky other case too for – we're and I'm talking solely in terms of home run stolen base potential. But uh, but and so you kind of want a guy who fills the stat sheet up, especially like you said, I, you said it didn't change a lot. But in that 15 team league, it is it's hard to get some stats eventually. And if you could lock in, you tell me a hitter that could get everything like he could get runs and RBIs in that in that lineup and both stolen bases and home runs. I'm like, that's it, it, it's in a 12 team league. I feel like it's a little easier to like. And it sounds like it's crazy, like three only three spots, but it really does. It thins out quick in that fifteen team league. So, I I I feel you. Ronald Acuna is a no brainer for sure in our fifteen team league, and I still think he's just good enough that it's he's the guy in the twelve team league as well. Yep, he's he's the man, and I I think what separates in my mind is the lineup. I mean, I I think I feel a lot better about. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's like we're splitting hairs. So, I mean, I just, Jay Rams lineup's a little weaker. Julio's is a little weaker. Trey Turner's right there on par. Aaron Drudge is the lineup. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, again, we agree. Darn it. <laughs> uh, I know. I wish, I just wish we didn't. But <laughs> Ronald Acuna. All right. So, that's kind of the first hitter. And I, I've seen a lot of the top lists be dominated by hitters that usually, they usually are. My question to you is, starting pitchers, are you comfortable taking any of them in the first this year? And if so, who and how high up would you go? Um, I, I don't think I would go a pitcher with my first pick. 15 team might be stretching it but I still don't think so. Um, 
because if I have the 15th pick, I'm probably going to take Burns on the 16th. But um, I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think the group of hairs. I mean, My, excluding Shohei Otani. Excluding Otani. <laughs> Um, I think the group of hitters above is just it. I don't think you're you really can get that type of value coming back through no. the second round, and I feel like a lot of the pitchers are just kind of like the tiers are are big enough and I are close enough where I don't think you're losing out on as much um, potential. So I, I would say no. How about yourself? Uh- I, I largely agree. I mean, like, we look at that second, like, in a standard 12-team league. I just I just look at it like Pete Alonso, boom, in the second round. Great player, but he is not Freddie Freeman in the Dodgers. He is not Juan Soto. He is not Vlad Jr. with that lineup. He is not Jordan Alvarez. Like, it's just – it's just – I know he has a great lineup, but it's just like even, even a Pete Alonso great season is not those guys. And it's – it's just, yeah, there's a, there's definitely that gap, and I think that ends right around Manny Machado at 16th. And so, yeah, technically there is that, you know, but, like, that that includes Shohei and Corbin Burns, so you're excluding most of those guys. That's about 14th, 14 players, you know, and so most of the second round is it's just a different tier of bat in general, regardless of position. So I think, could I be talked into it? Yes, we have. We're in a league where where there's three keepers. Um, I know for a fact that uh, Julio is being kept by yours truly, um, so he'll not be there. Um, but I think uh, Boba Shet is being kept, but that's it. So like, there's just a couple guys. I don't think that's enough still for Corbin Burns to crack the top twelve for me. I just don't see it. And I think we we've talked about this in the pictures. I think we both have Corbin Burns as our as our as our dude as our guy. And so that's where I refer to him. I I have him like I'm, I'm okay. I don't know if it's an exact number because it depends on kind of how the draft is going. But if you told me like midway through the second, like I don't know, 18th, 19th, 20th, I'm okay with Corbin Burns there. But that's probably about where I max out at with Corbin Burns because I just feel we talked about this in the starters thing. I just feel like that run is really like second third or not second uh end of the second third fourth and fifth rounds there's a lot of guys i like in there you know like uh, i mean i I, i'm not as high on iron but i mean he's gonna probably drop for me but still you tell me i can get him in like the fourth maybe even the fifth i'm like absolutely i'll get some some nolan in the in the fifth or you know there's a shane bieber here at 42 you know dylan cease you know some some of these other guys i'm like okay shane mcclanahan like Brandon Woodruff, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And in this in a single season league, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, steady as they come. Like, I'm just like, you know what you're gonna get, it's gonna be great. So it's just like, I feel like getting a hitter is pretty key in that first round because I tend to go pretty pitcher heavy after that immediately. So I kind of need that. Like, I got a guy, I got a dude. Because if I really go Corbin Burns or something in that first, I'm gonna, I'm, I just love so many pitchers <laughs> that I I have to kind of force myself like. Pull the trigger on the hitter, and you're not going to regret it. And less injury risk. You want that? You want that kind of that floor? I'm like, okay, like I know what I'm going to. Their odds are they're going to play a majority of the season. Right. <clears throat> Thinking about it, like if we're talking about like standard five by five pitchers, or it's it's really kind of four categories. And yeah, whether or not you they're going to get saves, it's really just three categories because wins are so crazy. There's usually like a solid solid floor but in terms of the ceiling it doesn't even have to be on a, like an elite team it, those are, are really unpredictable um even more so because we're just not seeing starting pitchers go as deep into games as they you know used to a decade ago plus but um wins wins really are interesting that's the standard that's you know in fantasy baseball um, our home league uses quality starts. I I do prefer quality starts, and I feel like you can lean into that more from a skills perspective. And then it's really just dependent on how the manager, you know, f- is f- for for that certain pitcher, or just how efficient efficient that pitcher is for for the outing. But I feel like it's 
it's more predictable for quality starts than, than wins, which I, I, I do like. Um, so when you're talking about like a, a standard five by five in the wins and just thinking out loud, you're just looking at strikeouts and whip. And it's just like, it's really, it's just something I never like. And ERA, sorry. And then another, something that I didn't really think about out loud, but I mean, to me, it just brings the starting pitcher tiers even closer together. If you're just saying, well, baseline 10 wins, but you never know, could end up with 18. Like that's, and it's not really that big of a number disparity um, over the course of, you know, like 30 some start season. Yeah, no, um, I agree. Cause especially we've seen some, one of our friends, our buddies who actually saw last weekend um, dominate a league because he didn't focus that much on starting pitchers. He just focused on relief pitchers one year and just took all the best and just really loaded it up. I've actually seen it. I think we've actually seen it twice in separate leagues, but um, yeah, the pitchers really in a five by five, it's truly not starter batter half and half. It is, it is hitter starter relief pitcher, very distinct three categories. And so they have to be valued less now, our home league tries to accommodate that, but it's just not, you just really pitchers and starters are just so different that you can't really mirror the three. It's so hard to get all three slices of that pie. It's going to have to be hitters be most valuable. It's just, it's going to, it's how it is. So yeah, they have to be kind of the first guys off the board or not off the board, but like they're more valued. So it's like taking, you know, defenses or kickers really high in a fantasy football draft. It's just, I just don't, I just don't see the point. Um, and, and super, super high. Obviously, um, we say that as like, I'm okay with taking corporate burns. burns. I just said it as like the 19th overall player. I, I'm not talking like third, but like, yeah. Um, in leagues where Corbin Burns is like the stud and it's where he's talking like 18th, it's just, that's just where it is. Baseball is now. As strikeouts have been great, innings are less, quality starts are less, even wins are less. So it's just harder to get those racket. Those ratios are nice, but those overall strikeout totals, they just, you know, the era of people getting 300 in a season is just, you know, Randy Johnson doing it every year. I, you know, it's not going to happen that much. It's just, it's just, it's harder and harder because they just don't go deep into games. They get more rates, but just less and less. Um, uh, another question uh, relief pitchers. We didn't really talk about them, but um, when do you pull the trigger on our, on our P? It depend, I know it's league specific. Let's say standard saves five by five. Um, I've always yeah. been a proponent of waiting. I think I've changed a little bit on that, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I feel like there's two elite relief pitchers this year. Who are? Who are Edwin Diaz, who, by the way, side note, I was today days old when I realized when I saw that Edwin Diaz is the older brother of Alexis Diaz, the potential saves candidate for Cincinnati. That was a common thread on Twitter today. Yeah, I had only found that out because I was doing some research a year ago and uh, heard about him for the Reds and was like, oh, this is funny, Diaz. And he looks kind of similar, a ton. You know, they're not me and my brother when we were younger looked a lot alike, and then as we got older, didn't you know look like it's kind of. But you kind of understand like when you look at each other, you're like, all right, you have some features that are same. So I would never, but that's what I, I got the vibe. It's I think it's only someone that was like that had been in that situation where I was like, we used to look that like we used to be called twins all the time, and then slowly looked different as we got older. But it's still you know the base was still there. Mm-hmm. So I think as someone who had done it, I'm like. You know, the base is kind of there. I wonder if, like, it's the same thing as me and my brother. And I was like, sure enough. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had stumbled on that by accident last year. But I was, you know, that was only like eight months or so ago. So oh, okay. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So uh, Edwin Diaz and Emmanuel Classe are my two relief pitchers, like, on their own island, um, tier one. Yeah, no argument here. Sorry, sorry. You're right. Um, I'm, I'm okay if you're getting one of those two, because I think we're talking about a potential hundred strikeout season, and I don't think it's really even like that 
crazy of, of like a 70th or 80th plus percentile outcome. So, I mean, it's really, it's in the cards. So um, where, where do you take them? Where like, where, what number would the highest you go? Like, cause I see some people like 30th overall taken Edwin Diaz, like third round high up. Over the last month and a half on NFBC, Edwin Diaz, his ADP is 26. Oh my gosh. Class A is 30. End of the second. I mean, or, yeah. you know, depending. Yeah. Second, so, third. That is really high. Okay. Let me put that in context. It's Burns. Well, I guess Shohei, if you can. Then Burns, Cole, and then it's Diaz in terms of ADP for any type of pitcher. Gosh. I, I mean, he was really good. <laughs> like, right? is it, I, I mean, he's really good. Like, he had 120 strikeouts as a relief pitcher himself last year. When your strikeout percentage has a 50 next to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, when you strike out 120 guys, you strike out two dudes an inning, basically. I mean, that that's what it takes to be in that position, and that's what he did. So, I mean, I guess fair, right. I guess fair enough, you know? I guess fair enough. Guess because that, that those numbers, it's it, it's like a faux starter almost at that point. With that, who gets the saves when you get that many strikeouts a week? Because what you're getting, thirty two saves. That's at least one save a week, almost two, two saves a, a start, and that's what four strikeouts with an ERA of one and a whip of point eight, like that. That's nice. That's nice. It do, it's, it doesn't add a ton of innings value, but those four strikeouts and that crazy ratio, that two save column really helps, I guess, every week. Right. I didn't realize how many strikeouts he got. Oh, my gosh, that's a ton. That's And he's 28. Like uh, the, To the point, both, he is 28 years old, and Class A is, oh, don't quote me, 26? Yeah, 25. Wanna... Dang it. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Okay. Took, a, took a shot in the dark. And 42 saves. <laughs> he had a lot less strikeouts, though. That's interesting. His whip right. was lower. But, yeah, I think it's the right call. Edwin Diaz, I could I could see being the higher of the two. I probably would have a half a tick down. Maybe, like, a half a tick down. A tear down for Class A. Just because yeah. Edwin's numbers are just stupid. Like, I, it didn't even bo- bother me now that I saw his, like, strikeouts. Because I knew he was efficient and crazy, but... 120 strikeouts from a relief pitcher from a closer is just astronomical. So, yeah, but yeah, one, two, pretty, and then there's definitely a tier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are you a, would you take him at 26? Is what my, I guess what I'm asking. That's my first pitcher, basically. No, maybe, I mean, not even well, that. Like, let's say you have, you could I have, I mean, to, it kind of is, though. Like, I mean, I mean, are you are you worried I've, about a little regression? I mean, 120 strikeouts. I, I, you think that's going to happen again? No, but I still think 100 strikeouts is a definitely easy lift. He's on an amazing team that's going to win a lot of games. Um, they're going to have a lot of leads, that's for sure. Um, just don't know if they're going to be of the one to three run variety, um, which is just which is ridiculous. why Class A is nice, right? They will not score a ton of runs. Yep. They have like a solid pitch. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a lot of opportunities. Yeah. The opportunities there because otherwise the other, the other relief pitchers right after it, we're talking Romano for Toronto, Presley for Houston, Iglesias for Atlanta, all have great situations, solid to, uh, you know, above average pitching and good lineups. So, I mean, the, the formula is there. It's again, it's just like a win. You, you know, um that the opportunity is going to be there just don't know how it's going to work out but though all of all of those situations have a manager that just is going to go to the same person in the ninth and and have them shut the door so i mean like that's a good situation to be in um those are my top five and i think if i mean it i would be totally willing to take one of the other three, I don't, I'm really just hesitant. I'm taking my relief pitcher as my first pitcher. Basically, we're talking in the second round. Um, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but that's more just me trying to like not be with the times. I mean, that's kind of what it takes. And honestly, as I saw a tweet, I'm going to try to just remember the gist of it, but it was talking about like, um, 80th percentile, 90th percentile, what it takes to win leagues, like X amount of runs on the season, X amount of home runs on the season. And I want to say saves, it was somewhere around just like 80 or 90 on the year was like, you're going to be in the top three of your, your league if you get that many saves. And so if we're talking about a Diaz or a class A that can get you halfway there, roughly, that's crazy. That's, that's, um that's pretty OP. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I mean, I know I got to shake it and everything like that, but pulling the trigger on the re- closer being my first pitcher would just be, it might break me, <laughs> you know? I've been right. playing fantasy baseball since 2006. It might just break me as a person. Like, like because the other, I... the other three ADP are squarely, and we're talking. I'm looking at a 15. Yeah, I'm looking at 15 team leagues, squarely in the fourth round of a 15 team league. So by the 60th pick. So if you're in a 12 team league, we're talking about the fifth round. I'm totally more okay with that. Yeah, it's just. Because the saves could potentially be the same amount. It's just like the the Diaz strikeouts are just so elite. Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um I, yeah. I mean that it, it's just it's really just silly how many strikeouts he had, like comparatively. Like uh hold on, I think. Um anyways, but um I'll I'll find an example here, but um it <sighs> I don't, man, I just, I keep going back and forth with, with like, gosh, that is just a lot. That is just a lot to spend on it. But I, it, it's, we're going to have to find something in fantasy, which is why I suggest, or, you know, some of these other leagues, like, I like win percentage added or something like that. Cause it's hard to value this because I like the way in real life, like my current baseball team is really not having a set closer. Like when I need my best pitcher, he's gonna pitch in the seventh inning or the fifth inning. Like if my word trail base are loaded, I'm not sure I could get to this pen or you know this this pitcher's dealing. I gotta use my best pitcher to get out of this jam. I don't care if it's like yeah the sixth inning or the ninth. And I think a lot of teams are going to that because I I'm looking at this at this thing like Jordan Romero is Romano is like a fine pitcher, but I don't know if he has the best stuff in that pen even. Like you know what I mean? I'm just like they're not using their best guys. And a lot of them are kind of, like you said, like they're using their dude to end the game, but it's not like, how do I describe this? It's not the dude with the best stuff. It's like their, their manager is old school, but hasn't like converted fully. Like this is our closer, but like my best players, but this guy's always going to get the save for us. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. just, just use the best guy, you know, just use the best guy. Like it's honestly, it's why I like the Mariners. Like, if you told me Andres Munoz got every single save opportunity, he'd be he'd skyrocket up his board for me. But he's just not gonna get it. But his stuff is just, I mean, it's stuff, stuff. Like it is just nasty stuff. Like I, I'd have him over Jordan Rom- uh, Romano. I keep saying Romero. Wasn't Jordan Romero a pitcher? I, I, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, but. Uh, Oh, gosh, I, I, I'm picturing somebody in my head, and he played for Toronto, but I, I just can't. It's like somebody I drafted all the time overall. I can't remember his name now, but um, uh, he just, he just has so much stuff that I, I'm just in love with. Like some of the stuff of these guys, like uh, the other one is clear, uh, the Minnesota guy, um, Duran, like just stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you told me he was the everyday closer forever, and there was no question about what's happening, which he might be this year, uh, but. It, it, I just think that these guys have stuff climbs up the, the charts, but it, it's the combo of class A and Edwin being the guy with the best stuff and getting all the saves on good teams. They're the only two oh, yeah. really, I think fit that parameter for me this year. So those two are why I'm kind of going top, you know, I, I, I would, I could go as early as early as third round for Edwin Diaz. Like, honestly, now, like I, I'm okay with that. And class, a, I'd probably have in the fourth and then, yeah, anybody else, Anybody else after that in the, in the on the good teams like the hater the well maybe not hater but you know what I mean like the other top tier guys that you'd listed off 
in those in that subsequent fifth, sixth ish range. But yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a gap. Um, do you do I, you know I, that you've cherry picked the top three ex Woba pitchers of 2022? <laughs> Shut up. It's, who who are the three? It's it's Diaz, it's Munoz, and Class A in that order. And in yeah. ex Woba, you know, is quality contact strikeouts <laughs> and walks for, and we're talking about limiting that yeah. ex Woba. Evan Diaz at a two hundred two, Munoz two eleven, and Class A at a two nineteen. Um, yeah, they were they were elite last year. Obviously, um, there's there's some names on here that are that you're talking about, but I mean like. Seawald, who you're talking about, like if Munoz had the line share, but Seawald's the other one. He was 26th overall, yeah, in terms yep. of of ex woba allowed, or sorry, ex expected woba allowed. So, um, yeah, it's he just eats into that. Yeah, it's just it's it's there's so many good pitchers out there. It's just what yeah. role they're in. Exactly. Um, I have a question with you. I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name a a kind of a. It'll be kind of like. Looking at um, future value, I'm I'm doing this to to ask for my current league. Uh, I have the rights to keep Corbin Carroll on my roster. Right now, I'm leaning towards keeping Corbin Carroll in a 2014 league. He will cost me a 12th rounder to keep him. I had a conversation with someone in our league today about this. Where do you fall on the? How much do you need to see from a guy? Now, I, I get we didn't get a big sample size from Corbin Carroll last year, but he was a, he was a prospect when he came out of the draft with a lot of hype, killed the minors and, you know, very, very high up on a lot of um, overall boards, uh, rank, uh, prospect rankings, and then showed up in a very limited time. Granted. Yes, I get that, but did everything you want to see a young guy do. And I say this because that person I interviewed or interviewed, talked to, is also keeping Spencer Strider, which has only 130 innings of of um, major league quality innings and much less fanfare. So where does the line fall of when you're comfortable taking or keeping a prospect like that? And would you keep Corbin Carroll for round 12? <laughs> like... um, so there's kind of two separate questions, right? So yes. Would you keep Corbin Carroll in the twelfth round? Um, absolutely. Opportunity cost says he's ADP pretty nice, 69th overall. Um, so you're saying that in a 12 team league, you can get him for 140, you know, whatever it lands yeah. on. But like a whole 80 round or 80 picks later, um, absolutely. So the only question to that is who else you know is there anyone yeah. else in the, that you're considering instead of that but for keeping him in 12th round absolutely there's there's complete value there um i don't I, i'm totally willing to buy into um hitters with pedigree that are have sh showed even even at a glimpse um rolling into to this and and that much, that much of a value. What you're talking about keeping, I'd say absolutely. Um, pitchers are totally different. Pedigree can can be there, but I mean, um, I, I think ultimately it's it's opportunity, it's amount of innings building up, and um, and and really just like how how they went about it. Um, whether it was, you know, all the luck factors looking at or not, but in terms of a hitter, I'm, I'm more apt to buy into the pedigree and well, obviously, uh, Arizona is cause they gave him an awesome contract. They did, um, almost sight unseen, but, uh, he's a dude. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's, it's fun to, I mean, this is, this is a game at the end of the day, fantasy baseball, it's a game based on a game and, I would rather absolutely have Corbin Carroll on my team. Doesn't even matter what the, well, not necessarily, but you know, don't care what the draft value is and um, have him pop off for his, what this is going to be his rookie season. They just yeah. hampered him enough. You know, he's, he's going to challenge for rookie of the year. 
Yeah, 22-year-old rookie of the year. That was actually a good way to phrase it. I should have probably phrased it that way. Because it's that it really is a pitcher ver a rookie pitcher versus a rookie hitter uh argument because it's you have to treat both very differently. Um and then and then on top of that, like you said, a pedigree. I know people get get bogged down in the pedigree, but pedigree often is there for a reason. Like you you know, it's not like a bad player gets pedigree because at some point they were a monster. At, at you know, high school, late Corbin Carroll came out of high school, was a monster and did nothing to show like Jared Kellen, for example, I was like, well, Jared Kellen's getting a lot of cracks at the egg. Why, you know, versus some of these other guys, is he not? I'm like, Jared Kellen was a high draft pick. He killed high school, killed high school. Okay. Well, he was in Wisconsin. Let's go here. And he killed all the minors and he's failing kind of to just take that final step. And it's like, why you want it, why you get that hype and all that stuff. And that's not the end all be all, but it does. The pedigree does matter a little bit. It does. And it's not to say, but like, you got a small sample size and you're like look he's had a small sample size has killed it every step of the way killed it in the majors not to say he won't struggle at some point but he transitioned very well still super young and i don't see why he shouldn't continue and uh we were funny we were we were actually hanging out on saturday too and i we were, i was talking about it i was like my dream would be the marriage trade for corbin carroll little did i know twitter at that exact moment had announced that he had signed his extension <laughs> so there went that dream uh, literally as we were i was probably saying the words he had already he was signing the deal so that sucked but um yeah i'm I, i'm a big corbin carroll fan so yeah i i agree with you that's who i i am keeping with uh the 12th the 12th pick but uh yeah I mean, by the hype um I would say to top it off, to top it off, we just saw what Spencer Strider did, maybe to focus on him just for your answer too. What he did in the season he had, I don't know how you can be more efficient. He just pitches more innings and is just as efficient. Like we saw a 90th percentile outcome almost. Um, whereas like Corbin Carroll, uh, do you like the the you know Bobby Witt Jr.-esque type of thing? That's what we're kind of talking about. Yeah. And so with Strider what you'd have to do in a draft to spend, you know, obviously we're not putting this in the context of keepers, but he's, he's like, what we were just looking at it. He's like one of the fifth starting pitchers off the board. I mean, late second yeah. round, whereas like Bobby Witt is a first round draft pick and Corbin Carroll very well could be. It's just unprovenness. It's giving you a discount of, of a, of a good five plus rounds it's yeah. like sure sign me up like i'll if i'm if i like bobby witt i'll get corman carroll five rounds later i mean like it's not a done deal but at least there's the opportunity to to do so yeah sorry uh yeah that's 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 what that was my that was my thought process i was like well it wasn't that this person was was wrong, incorrect but they were very they were like, wow, you're really keeping that guy. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a 12th. And they were like, I'm like, aren't you keeping Spencer Strider? Like, a dude with like 130 innings. Like, what mm -hmm. if, you know, and you're very adamant about keeping him. Granted, gets him for a little better price. But still, I was like, uh, I, was like I, I view, you know, they're basically both unproven. And like you said, one is going much higher than the other. And I was like, you're okay keeping one. I, I feel like I sh you should be okay keeping the other. And the other is a more, as a safer and easier, I feel, transition that you could see kind of coming so I, I'm, I'm more than okay with that um any other like overarching draft strategies you wanted to touch on where do, where do you take your first catcher cj Tyrell noto 49th overall you okay with J uh, i'm okay with jt there actually nothing about it but eh, i might wait a little bit on him. probably i don't know if i go yeah. 50th but if i if I don't, if it doesn't make, okay, so we've talked about this in years past. So for those of you uh, listeners who've been with us, it's really tough for me to say, yeah, draft a catcher above pick 100 or, you know, double digits yeah. um, before pick 100. But at the same time, if I use that rule and apply it to, there's only a, like a handful of catchers, I'd be like, oh, I really want to get them there other than completely punt. And uh, I don't know if you know my track. Oh, I know listeners <laughs> don't know my track history, but Sean does. I have literally just had a blank spot in my catchers in mm -hmm. leaks in the past because of just the complete wasteland that it used to be. 
Which was why I want to say last year when you drafted JT Real Muto, it was like the biggest curveball of all curveballs for me. I was like, JT just did what? <laughs> like JT, <laughs> JT drafted the catcher. Okay. Not even just yep. a, a catcher. The You were the first person to get a catcher. I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like to thank JT from JT for those 21 stolen bases. I yeah, mean, that's it, pretty much it. I would Everything say that's why it's awesome, like, you know, but... yeah, 50th overall, I'm like, I'm usually no, but when your catcher goes 2020, like, you know, yep. I'm okay taking it at 55, 50th range if you're going to go 2020 as a catcher. Like, that. that's really the only time I would do it, and he did it, so I'm like, okay. Like, you know, like, sure. Even the year before, he got, like, what, 15 or something like that? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you get, yeah. like, 15 as a catcher. I'm like, great, awesome, I'd still take you there because you're giving me – It's it's not like – because some people will say like, oh, you can get a guy around later who's going to get 20. And I was like, yes, but that guy plays outfield where I can get an Acuna Jr. You know, I can get someone like that who will steal. But I can't make up those 10 stolen bases from another catcher. I just can't do it. JT's going to give me something that no other catcher is going to be able to do, period. And so, like, that's where that's where surplus comes from. So that's what I'm like. And it's not even, like I said, like one or two. It's like 10. It's a double-digit number. He's going to do something for me. The hardest one to get in all baseball, he's going to get it for me. I don't mean to correct you, but Dalton Varsha would like a well, word. I, I know, I know. <laughs> and I, I was I was talking about it, and I, I saw him yeah. there, too. But I just don't view him as a catcher, you know, in my head. I get he's got position True. eligibility, but, like, he's just not a catcher-catcher. This is the one and only year to exploit it. it this yes, is, yes. This yeah. is the Mookie Betts second base eligibility. This is the, what was it? Yeah. For, I wanted to say Freddie Freeman. No, no, uh, Anthony Rizzo second base eligibility. This is the one-off, unique, oh, yeah. Yeah. legit. It's going to be in every league. Varsho is going to be catcher eligible. But, I mean, look, I'm just looking at his most recent news here. He's going to be viewed as an emergency catcher all year. So I, do, yeah. I doubt he gets 10 yeah. starts or yeah. appearances so this is the year to have him as a catcher exploit it if you can um it's it's actually kind of a decent spot to to have that flexibility um where is he looking at again 40th dalton varsha oh okay yeah because again yeah we're talking you know being able to go 2015 you know he did 27 16 yeah, um, because I'm just well, I can't find him in my list here. What is happening? I must have like a tab turned on where I just can't see him or something. I have been 71 in this. Okay. 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 So, okay yeah, there he is. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that's I'm actually really comfortable taking him 71 for just that position value. Yeah. The the other league I wanted to focus on before we completely ran out of time, but um. Salary cap, you know, aka auction leagues, uh, we didn't touch on. Um, those two have a completely different draft strategy, completely different, just everything. Um, if you're going to do one league and one league only, Sean and I are going to recommend doing a salary cap auction league. Um, you get it, you don't just say, oh, darn, I have the ninth overall pick. I can't get player, you know, whatever in the top five or whatever. Uh, salary cap league you everybody starts with the same amount of fake money and you just kind of bid on having players join your team and it's it's if you've got the the guts to you know put a bid and be the top bid and get them on your team and you can budget for it you can have your favorite players per se um because everyone's going to spend the same amount of fake dollars to to build a team and it's really one of the it is the most fun draft there can be, in my opinion. Uh, oh, uh, I love an auction draft just because the strategy is so different. Also, I googled it. It's Ricky Romero who played for the Blue Jays. Who I he was like my oh, seventh starter. He's yeah. seventh starter, sixth starter all the time. Like I just always loved Ricky Romero. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's 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 really I really enjoy it, and I I feel like. There is a, there is strategy and there's slower strategy in the in the standard leagues, but I just like the strategy of like who you nominate actually does matter, like and when you nominate the player, like just something as simple as that, like it matters. Like there's a strategy of I'm gonna nominate a guy and I don't even want them. I just want people to spend their money early. There's other ones where like the opposite happens. Like I just wanna I want to get my guy, or you know I want to do this. I want to lock this up and then see what else happens here. I gotta get my 
by Trout and Judge, and I'm going to spend all this money, and I'm going to kind of wait in the background and kind of see what happens, see if I can get a, a flyer here or there, or then wait till fill out my roster later. You know, something like that. I just, like, I feel like there's so many more avenues for strategy. I don't want to say exploited, just, like, different strategies to use. And so that's what I like about it. Like, there's no right or wrong. It's just more to do than in the, I gotta wait for this to come around. I got to see what the, because you're just you're kind of pigeonholed in what you can kind of do. You can always, your strategy is, like, do I be ahead of the curve or do I play catch up or I'm in the middle? Right. <laughs> like, those are your three strategies. Like, <clears throat> Or do, do you I start well, a like run? Do punt. I go against a run? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, do I just punt it? Oh, I miss the run on catchers. Do I just punt it? Or really a pitchers? Do I just punt it? Versus like, hey, you get any way you want at any time in, in auctions. And that's why I think it's like, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, I was actually just talking to our buddy Rob because he joined our, our uh, salary cap league this year. And he was, like I'm, I'm kind of scared for him. So I was trying to give him complete and fair early warning that like this is completely different. It's nothing like you've done before. Go do your homework and go get into because this one's on ESPN. I was like, go to ESPN, get into a, a a draft, a mock draft, and do that. Do one a week, just like sometime on the weekend. Yeah. Say, hey, the next half hour, I'm just gonna do a mock draft. Try it out because <clears throat> the pace of it's way different. Um, the the mental aptitude in terms of just focus, like every single pick matters. Every single any player can be nominated next. Yeah. Um, you can kind of tune out and kind of build your queue for a normal snake draft, but in a salary cap, it's it's very much you're always on the clock because everyone else yeah. is, and um, it's a lot of fun. It's really intense, and so it just it makes it that much more exciting and. Um, there's there's so much more nuance that you were talking about than just like a generic strategy. So it's it's on its own island, um, but I would totally recommend doing one if you haven't done one already. Um, if you've already tried your you know fancy baseball or your uh, um, expert or whatever, even if you're a novice, like it'd be tough to jump into that pool right away. But um, if you've got a good, you know, home league and stuff, I'd, I'd consider it. Um, it's yeah. pretty fun. It's it's uh, it's very intense when you there's a player you really want, a sneak player you really want for a good amount of money. Like you're just waiting on a guy. You're like, okay, I'm going to get this guy for like eight bucks. No one's going to know about him. You hit like the seven and then they get down to like four, three. You're like, please, this is just going to be, this is going <laughs> to save my drafts. And someone bets a dollar, like two seconds left. You're like, son of a, like, <laughs> like, here we go. And then someone else sees the same thing you do. And you're like, and you're up to like, next thing you know, you're up to $15. You're like, I just doubled what I was willing to spend on this guy. Cause I really, now I really want him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm proving a point here, but <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, dad joke of the week. Uh, my ex was an archeologist. She was always digging up the past, putting it on display. It was a rocky relationship. Nice. Nice. Snuck it in there. Got a dad player of the week? <clears throat> no, just go watch the World Baseball Classic. There's some dad bods out there to be seen. They're they're on full display. They are. They are. It's nice. It's nice. So, Seven two. Uh, I mean, uh, Will Smith had a solo <laughs> shot for America. So nice. Well, as always, we thank you for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Take care. Be well. And until next time, see ya. See ya.